I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 27, Bryn finds everyone else and Gordon hands it up for the camera. To tackle Minute 27, we have me. And I've got an interview with Timothy Nordwind, who plays Greg. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. I promise. I promise to my It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. If I get a few words from you before you go. Minute 27 begins as Bryn screams. Greg has just been impaled on cardboard spindles. And behind the scenes, Bryn is hit by spray string standing in for... Well... It's not even really behind the scenes so much as inside the maze. Inside the maze, Greg's blood, or his guts, I suppose, is slash R spray string. Just like Jane's blood was red confetti. And streamers. I can't forget the streamers. As I record this, I don't know yet if the folks recording from Minute 26 noticed the triangle theme in this chamber of the maze. Cardboard triangles on the walls, triangles all over Greg's shirt, Bryn's triangle earrings. The cardboard spindles are conical, not cylindrical. And this brings my mind to the Bermuda Triangle, regardless of if the production is just giving each room a particular visual flavor. We'll get to the serial killer room later in this minute. All these friends of Dave's and those two Flemish tourists have entered this space and may never return to the real world. Someone who did return to the real world is Timothy Nordwind, who plays Greg. Um, so what is your, um, affiliation with, with, with the film? I have no official affiliation. Oh, okay. Um, what happened is last December, uh-huh. I start, I was blogged for almost a week. I think it was like seven days in a row about the movie huh. and, uh, whoever runs the Twitter, either Bill or John uh-huh. noticed and like retweeted some of my stuff. And so when I was going to do this podcast, I emailed Bill. Uh-huh. Like, just on a whim, see if, like, he'd be up for an interview. And he not only offered to do an interview, he, like, emailed other crew members and other people and told them to, to talk to me. Oh, that's cool. And then with the movies by minute thing that we're, that this is, is each episode is about a minute of the movie. Oh, got it. And for this movie, instead of doing it all myself, I gave, like, random minutes to other people I know that are podcasters. Oh, okay. And so they get minutes of the movie out of context and have to talk about it. Got it, got it. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Minute 27 is right after Greg died. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, like the minute begins with Greg dead and continues from there. So are you, are you, I, so I take it you're a huge fan of the film then? Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. How many times have you seen it? Um, I watched it for my blogs, I think it was seven days in a row. I've watched it a few times since then and then I've watched parts of it almost every day recently to work on this okay because like take notes and double check the scripting because people wanted like transcripts of their minutes and so i'd send them the the dialogue and... right right so ooh, too much <laughs> <laughs> that's cool but, but i still like it 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you pay too much, pay close enough attention to a movie and you get this point where it gets to be too much and then it becomes like a beloved comfort thing right? for me. Like for my blog, I watched the movie Groundhog Day every day for a year. That's how I started it. I'm I'm like that. I um, I remember in college, I watched I watched the movie Clueless pretty much every night before I went to bed for <laughs> a year. Nice. And uh, and that was I had a I had a girlfriend at the time too. Huh. And uh, she did not break up with me, <laughs> 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 um, uh, which I which I thought was. Uh, Looking back on it now, it's it's like, oh man, I, I should have never let her go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but also, but I think um, I'm especially like that with the movie Flash Gordon. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a that's my favorite movie. Of all couple time. people I know are doing Flash Gordon minute. They're almost done. I think they have like five minutes of the movie left. Oh really? I was a guest on three episodes. Oh, that's cool. So what did, what did you talk about? Uh. I guessed it right as uh, Flash had just gotten on the rocket cycle. Yep. And Dale had her fight with Aura. Uh-huh. Uh, things like that, his harem or whatever you call it. Right. Like, And so we talked about like the different filmmaking choices, the scripting, because Dale is a horribly rude person in that minute. Right. Like she's like, that was what makes humans better than Mongo people. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, oh, that, that's cool. That's cool. But you can break down like behind the scenes details or talk about just what it looks like on screen or get into like philosophical debates. Mm-hmm. My other podcast right now is about the movie Halloween and mm. like minute 17, I just had a long rant about fate. And, right. You know, because that's what they talk about in the classroom and it's a big theme of the movie. Right, right. How did you get in Dave Uh So I've known uh, Bill Watterson, the director, yeah, um, for, oh my gosh, probably close to 20 years now. Oh, wow. Um, he went to school with my bandmate, Damien. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I play in OK Go. And, right. Um, yeah, Bill and Damien went to college together, and... Right after they all got out of college, um, we started our own bands. Bill had this band called Uptown Sinclair. Okay. <laughs> and we started OK Go. Bill was in Cleveland and we were in Chicago. So we, we would uh, we'd go play shows in Cleveland with Uptown Sinclair. And Bill would come to Chicago and play with us there. And, um, and we just started... You know, we just, we just became really good friends. I mean, Bill Bill's always been an incredibly funny, incredibly talented guy with a lot of vision. Yeah. You know, I he, even even as a younger man, he's not that old, mm. but even as a younger <laughs> man, uh, I just he just always sort of he's just really funny um, and a really talented bass player, by the way. Um, Nice. And and I remember one there was there was one evening in particular, um, probably when this this had to have been like fifteen years ago now. We were playing in Cleveland with Bill's band, and afterwards he invited us. His parents had a house on a lake, okay. and his parents were out of town, so he invited us to come stay there overnight. 
And that night, I remember none of us were tired, and we got to this great lake house. And so I did what I think anyone would do. I went upstairs into Bill's mom's closet, and I raided her wardrobe. <laughs> and, and and I came back downstairs in this like you know in in this like very well curated number of Bill's mom's clothing, and I was like, we should make a movie. <laughs> and um, so that night, we we stayed up all night. We were on Lake Erie, so we were like, oh, we should make a horror movie and call it Erie, you know? Nice. And uh, so we we stayed up all night long. We had a friend who was on tour with us at the time documenting everything so we had a camera we had the, <laughs> we had the tape and we made this horror movie that used all found lighting and we we didn't edit it we cut we cut it we planned the cuts out as we did it you know nice and we made this great little movie um and i remember we played in cincinnati the next night and we were in the middle of our show and we started telling the audience that we made this awesome movie last night. <laughs> and we were like, do you guys want to see it? And everybody said, yeah. And we, we, we asked them because we knew there was a projector in the house. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we had a screen in back of us. So we we're like, great. So we stopped the entire show and we, and we got the camera out and, um, and we played everybody the movie. It was a big hit. Um, and it was clear that our future was super bright. <laughs> and the next night we played in New York City and our friend uh, Scott, he 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 filmed the show. And afterwards, he he was like freaking out. He looked like white as a ghost. And I was like, what happened, man? Why are you what's wrong with you? And he's like, um, I don't want to tell you this, but I recorded over Erie tonight. <gasps> oh, no. When I when I. I, I thought I had switched out the tapes, but I didn't. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "I was, I was livid because I, I was, I was really, really proud of this film, as we all were, as we all were." And it was like, just you know, looking back on it now, there are just so many awesome people involved that, like, you know, we we were just a bunch of goofy guys, yeah, messing around, and it's just like, as it turns out, like you know, Bill was in this, the band was in it, like our friend Scott, who now does really awesome film stuff is in it. And it's just like I just can't believe and he recorded over the whole thing. So <laughs> it just lives on in folklore. But anyways, you know, I I remember that was maybe the first time I had ever worked with Bill in any sort of like cinematic nature. <laughs> and then cut to like, you know, twelve, thirteen years later, he called me up and said, Hey, I'm making a movie. And uh it's it's a world made out of cardboard. Um, and it's, it's kind of like all our favorite movies of the eighties. <laughs> Do you want to be in it? And I was like, Oh my God, sign me up, nice. sign me up. Yeah. And I remember he, he had, he had kind of, he'd been talking about Dave made a maze for a really long time. Actually, they, he like, they were like working, they were working on the script for several years, I think yeah. before, um, before they got to the point of actually being able to shoot it. Um, so I, so I kind of, I, I, I knew what he was, I, I, I did kind of know what he was talking about when he called me, but I was, yeah, I, I knew what he was talking about when he called me, but I was just so psyched that they'd actually gotten to the point where they could shoot. Yeah. So that's a really long winded answer to your question of how, yeah. you know, it's a good one. I got involved with Dave made a maze, but yeah, that's, so, so that's how, and, um, luckily remember at the time 
while he was filming it, I was doing a video with OK Go in Russia, actually, huh. um, where we were we were on uh, we were doing a video on zero gravity, shooting it in zero gravity, and nice. so I remember the days I came back to shoot um, were right after I had gotten back from that, so I was I was super whacked out because <laughs> um, we because we in, in on the video on the OK Go video we had to wear this anti-nausea medicine called scopolamine yeah and it really messed me up like it gave me blurred vision and like no appetite oh wow um it did it was very successful in fooling my vestibular system into believing that everything was cool but but like other than that yeah but other than that it was like i i was like i was i was just feeling really crazily out of sorts um so i yeah i remember i remember getting to set and just being like whoa okay like it, and that's like, I can imagine you could get maybe some sets don't feel as crazy and surreal as this one, but like it's just like to I already felt crazy and surreal, and then I walked <laughs> in and it's just like an entire set of like cardboard. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is nuts, man. <laughs> Life is crazy. And one that matches your clothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that's that's how that's how I got involved. So, how long were you um, in production? I shot, I was there for two days. Okay. Yeah, which was not much, you know, they, they I, I think they shot for. They shot for around 20. Around 20? Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds about right. So I was there for a very small portion of it. Um, but, and I can't, I can't quite remember exactly where they were in, in like the shooting schedule, but they were definitely in it. They were like way in it. Like it looked like they hadn't left. In well, you're like, in the apartment. That should have been early. Yeah, but they were, but they were, they, like, they were going back and forth with stuff. Like, there was okay. the the apartment was built, but then next to the apartment was like, you, you know, they were built. They were putting up cardboard sets and tearing them down the next day to put up the next right. one, kind of thing. So, yeah, I think they were like going back and forth on stuff. Okay. And um, yeah, so I just, I just kind of remember thinking, like, man, this is, this is this is crazy. And these guys have been living here since they like, as soon as they got in, I don't think they like ever left. It looked like some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like really, really and truly like they, they, they had it just, it looked like they had like glazed over cardboard eyes or something like that. <laughs> you know, like they were, they were in it. They were really in it. Yeah. So you have, let me see. You have eight lines of dialogue. Eight lines of dialogue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, listeners, he, you would know he was in minute 12, minute 15, and minute 26 is when he was talking. Mm-hmm. You're in a few more minutes than that in the background there here and there. but Yeah. Yeah. And then this one, minute 27, starts with your dead body. Yeah. <laughs> with a nice... Uh, I've seen some pictures of the apparatus thing they had to with the spikes and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I It's it's the first time I've ever like died on camera. <laughs> Um, so I was like, I was like really looking forward to that. Nice. Uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it's just like, you know, it's, it's just cool that they, they did it all with practical effects. Yeah. You know, that's just such a, a fun way to deal with things, I think. <laughs> yeah. You almost know? everything in the film is practical. Yeah. Um, which I have a, just so much respect for. Yeah. Um, because that's not, that's not the, that's, that's the long road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, that's, that really is kind of, 
kind of the long road to getting to getting what you want in a shot, I feel but, like. But it definitely gives you a, a more interesting look. It's more interesting. It's more The unique. actors are seeing those cardboard walls, even though, I mean, sets aren't complete, but it's still, they don't have all the walls and everything. Yeah, and it gives you, like, a real sense of theater, I think, in a way yeah. that, uh, you know, other films tend not to, especially these days, you know. Um, right. But yeah, there there is even even if you don't know what you're looking at, I still feel like there's always there's always a a subconscious feeling in when you're watching practical effects of of like you you feel much more like you are watching a, an event that happened right there. Yeah. You know, which which I think is there's always drama in that, I feel like. Yeah, it's a bizarre fantasy made of cardboard, but it feels more real. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's cool, and it's 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 a it's relatable. It's relatable in, in a lot of ways because yeah. it's it's sort of like that's I don't know. I I would imagine a lot of people, at least a lot of people who listen to your podcast, probably spent a lot of time as growing up, you know, playing out scenes. A lot like what you see in Dave Made a Maze. You yeah. Know what I mean? and like, they have their fantasy, have their different dreams and things yeah. they try. Yeah. I remember um, I used to take like rubber bands and then put pens in them. And then I would play Spider-Man, you know, where like the pens were the... Were, like, oh, the shooting web, the things. Okay. The web shooters, <laughs> you know. So you'd be like, Fsk! you know, like that was, <laughs> that was the sound I made. And, uh, you know, nothing came out of the pen. But it's like... I think if I saw that in a film now, I could I could suspend my disbelief enough to just be like, "Yep, that's what's happening." He should, you know, like I know what that rubber band and pen is supposed to be, you know. Yeah, because um, you've and, been there. Because I've been there, you know. And obviously, they they do a better job than that <laughs> in David Maze, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's 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 like I just love the imagination. Yeah, you know, that's... and the play and the playfulness. It's like 40 minutes from now, but it's like the, the center of the maze where it's the sheets hanging around instead of all the cardboard. It's mm-hmm. like the kind of fort I would have made as a kid, hang them over the dining room chairs. and Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Just yeah. crawl under there. Yeah, I, lo- I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Now, yeah. you were only on set for two days, so you probably didn't have a lot of this, but where's the weirdest place you found a bread roll? A bread roll? Yeah. Maybe they didn't get you. I didn't get any. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I probably, I maybe had a, maybe at like outside at craft services kind of, you know, at lunch. Uh, I guess they, I guess maybe because you were only there two days, they didn't go after you. They didn't go after me. Uh, Adam Bush, mostly. Uh, he would take all the extra bread rolls every day and just hide them in, in people's bags and around the set. Adam would? Yeah. <laughs> what a what a prankster! Yeah, I, I I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't. I I wasn't there long enough. I guess I I have a feeling I miss I missed out on a lot of a lot of the shenanigans. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I I bet there was a lot of crazy stuff that I that I was not privy to. So, what was the craziest thing you were privy to? Hmm. Well, I remember walking in. On um, uh, on Stephanie Allen, yeah, 
Yeah. I remember walking in on Stephanie Allen when she was getting her makeup when to to be like the cardboard version of herself. Right. Um and I didn't know she was doing that. <laughs> I didn't know that was <laughs> happening. <laughs> and it was really it, it looked it looked really like it actually looked really scary. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on? What are you doing to her?" Um, and it took it took me a second because she was being so still. It took me a second to realize that that was really her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, and that I mean, that's what was like that. That was what was really cool about being there, even for the short amount of time I was there. Is just like you just, you know, I mean, the the cardboard sets were were like weird and wonderful enough you know but then then you like walk in on someone who's getting you know made to look like they just got turned into cardboard basically (laughs) right like like, man this is crazy um so that that's probably that was probably the weirdest thing i saw in my (laughs) my short time there (laughs) that's a good one yeah if you don't expect that that look she's got is yeah much yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy um and uh, yeah, because I, I think at some at some point she she managed to say like hi Tim, like in in all that I was like oh God I was like that's you wait what's going on, um, but yeah she she was great she was really really awesome that was the first time I had met her. Um, wait, the first time you met her was when she was in the cardboard? No, not when she was in the cardboard. Okay, Sorry. No, the, the first time I met her was was on that set. Though. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was like the second day I saw her. Um, yeah. I was like, what are they doing to you? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners will find out in about 30 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. They'll hear about Cardboard Brand quite a bit. Um, yeah, she was really funny. She was really, really funny. I I, I became a fan of hers in those two days. <laughs> nice. Um, so, what do you think of the the movie? It's as a, like the final result. Uh, I, I'm trying to, I, sorry, <laughs> sorry. That, that, that's a big. The question. pause. I was like, oh, he hates it. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry. I, uh, edit this part to, <laughs> I will. to a quick to a quick like answer. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's. Gosh, I mean. First, first and foremost, I just think it's it's uh, it's just such uh, such a feat, such a brilliant feat. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the kind of thing that I mean, it's already gotten a pretty wonderful reception, you know. Yeah. But but I I think it's the kind of thing that as time goes on, um, people will come to appreciate it more and more. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think I think as as gener- you know generations of film enthusiasts come to find Dave made a maze and and realize over and over again that this is all done practically. Yeah. You know, um, uh, not to mention that it is. It's just it's just really it's just a really fun story. Yeah, uh, and it's a super fun watch. You know. Uh, but but I think I think what's I don't know I, I think I think what's going to sort of cement its place in in 
whatever sort of weird zone it lives in is is like is the fact that uh it it was such a behemoth undertaking yeah uh in so many ways um and it's also you know i mean i i feel like one thing you don't you don't necessarily the story you don't they don't tell on screen that i think is also worth knowing is just how incredibly hard they worked to to get that film made yeah you know i mean it it just really is such a um i don't know a testament to bill and his like whole crew you know that that is just like come hell or high water they were they were so hell-bent on you know on making this um and making it the way that they wanted to um and then making it on a budget that most people wouldn't have been able to do it on yeah and a, and a tight schedule for most and, of and, it and the and the tight schedule scheduling of it and the fact that they were able to get the people they got for it who are all amazing it's just it just really is just an incredible an, an incredible feat yeah um and you know that's i i just that that's the part of the story that i think you you, you have to dig into but i think it's the kind of film you watch and then want to dig into it you know much in the same way that I dig into Flash Gordon. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Or, uh, yeah, so many movies from the 80s are like that for me. It's like I've watched them so many times. Mm-hmm. I love, like, if someone's doing a podcast about one of those movies, I'm like, I want to be a guest. I want to talk about something in mm-hmm. great detail. Yeah. And obsess. For sure. And there's just so there's so much to obsess over in Dave Made a Maze, I think. Yeah. I mean, even it, just the story alone, you have, it's simple and like thoughtful fantasy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's really about like deeper th- issues. Like Dave has a problem, you know? Yeah. And Annie shouldn't, you know, she should be like dumping the guy, you know, you think maybe at the beginning, at, but that's not how it goes. She's, she, she loves him. She yeah. understands him. They stick together. And then Gordon's got his thing. Yeah. And, even even Greg, he's well, barely think, in it, but he's you get an idea he's an actual person, you know? Yeah, he's a he's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it is it's true. And I mean I I think, you know, I, I think the idea of like having a lot of ideas and never finishing any of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just that idea alone um is one that's so like a lot of people can really relate to and, and you know so watching a film about a guy who, you know, finally does something and then gets completely right and gets you know, it's like, and it just and just completely turns on him. You know, it's like um, is 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 such a funny concept, but also kind of I don't know a relatable one in a lot of ways too. And now back to minute twenty-seven, second five. We're in the serial killer room. Lots of pages ripped out of books on the wall. Strings connecting one thing to another like the wall in a very different film with thriller. Which Dave Made a Maze is sometimes. Sort of. But it is also so many other things. Comedy, wacky adventure. There are elements of a heartfelt romance underneath some of these minutes. Elements of horror as well. But with spray string and red streamers to separate us from just how awful so much that is going on actually is. Minute 27, Dave still hasn't shown up. Though we did see him in that flash forward in minutes one and two. Annie, why did Dave build booby traps? 
Gordon mansplains a bit, while behind him it looks like Harry is examining the scattered pages on the walls. Gordon. Because it's a labyrinth. If it didn't have booby traps, it would just be a series of articulated hallways. Second eleven. The angle changes, and if we were closer, we'd see there's a map on the wall behind Annie and Gordon and Boom Operator. None of them look at that map. Annie. I don't care what it is. I want to know why it's killing people. And that got Harry's attention. He turns away from the wall and comes toward Annie and Gordon. Harry. Okay, that's great. Could you rephrase that to more directly address whether what's happening here is real? And we hear Bryn before we see her. Second 20, she enters the room, screaming. Bryn, I want to get out of here. Second 23, we're on the wide shot again, only it's not that wide. The serial killer room is small, but we've got Harry, Annie, Gordon, Boom Operator, Cameraman, and Bryn in this shot. Boom Operator, as usual, is quicker with his equipment than Cameraman is. Annie. Bryn, are you okay? Second 24, angle on Bryn. Cameraman doesn't have his camera raised, but it is on, and the light is bright on Bryn. Bryn, no, I am not okay. I want to get out of this stupid maze. And to Cameraman, she says, stop. Second 28, Harry goes and pats Gordon on the back to lead him into the shot. Gordon obliges. And despite the direction from Harry, despite Greg having just died, the line here is so casual and flirty as to be cute. Like, no matter how hard life can get, no matter what it throws at you, you still gotta have a little room to flirt. Second 30, cameraman's angle on Gordon. Gordon, hey, um, you look nice, how are you? Brent is confused, obviously. What? (laughs) And so should we be confused, as there's an in-camera jump cut to cameraman's angle on Brent, as Harry jumps into frame to give Gordon some direction? Harry. Second 35, another impossible jump cut, and we're on Gordon again. Gordon, look, uh, we don't have time for this, Bryn. We are trapped inside some sort of a death maze. Second 40, angle on the room again. Harry moves to a better vantage point to see the action. Gordon shaking Bryn, except Harry should really stay to the left to remain out of the cameraman shot. Actually, as he does this a couple times in a row, he seems to be actively trying to stay out of the shot by moving back and forth, but I would think his movement would make him more of a background distraction if he just remained still and happened to be in the shot. Cameraman does move the camera back and forth through the next few lines, from Gordon to Brandon back. Meanwhile, Annie is examining the wall on the left, and I wish I had some photos of the inside of this room. I know most of this is probably completely random, but maybe it isn't. Maybe this is bits and pieces from some book about mythology, about the labyrinth on Crete. Bits about King Minos, maybe but Daedalus. Gordon, and we need to find our friends and get the fuck out of here. Bryn, okay, why are you shaking me? Gordon, I'm shaking you because I am brimming with emotion. Second 47, cameraman's angle on Gordon, and sure enough, Harry is in the background. Second 48, Bryn slaps Gordon and we're back to the wide shot again. Bryn, get it together, Gordon. Second 50, angle on Annie taking charge. Annie, okay, enough. Annie goes to Bryn. Bryn, what happened? And Bryn explains. A bunch of spikes hit Greg and his gut splashed all over me. Second 56, angle on Annie as she takes this in. Okay. Okay. And the minute ends. And then I can probably disarm all the traps. And then we can... We can finish this maze! Who is with me? That was me, Robert Black of Michael Myers Minute, taking a minute 27 of Dave Made a Maze. Thanks again. Timothy Norbrand. And an extra shout out to director Bill Watterson and lead sculptor Michael Murnane, who I met in person at the Hive Gallery in downtown LA this past Saturday, where Dave made a maze props were on display. I will be back in minute 35. Next time, on Dave Made a Minute, surprise, we've got Liz Whitaker of Mean Girls Minute along with Allison Grimm back with us early, taking on minute 28. 
Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what? <laughs>